Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me to confirm the uh, truth that, in fact, the uh, 49ers' demise was not, in fact, true is fellow contributor Akshaz Devadula. Akshaz, how we doing, man? Well, Robert, I don't know what you're saying because all I know is Brock Purdy got benched mid-drive against the Jaguars. <laughs> he so, did. <laughs> you know, trouble in 49ers land? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the drive. Now, um, I, I, I have to say, I have, do have to admit, um, this. So I was, I was, I was having the the conversation about, uh, you know, like, yeah, I get to watch the game from the comfort of my own home. What I forgot, however, is that what that means is if the game gets out of hand. Then the local Fox affiliate is like, now nah, we out of here. Um, so um, I did not see any of the fourth quarter because at the beginning of the fourth quarter, they were like, God, oh, this game's over. We're, we're, we're out. And then they went to to whatever insane drunkenness was happening in the at the end of the Ravens Browns game, um, <laughs> which I'm, I didn't even finish. But I was like, this is getting weird. So I watched the the fourth quarter via the, the ESPN Gamecast, which was loads of fun. But I did see that that. As I was following along with with various resources, I was like, um, all right, so what's happening? Like, Purdy's going back out there? Okay, cool. Like, they're going for it for more points, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, here's Sam Darnold. I was like, that was weird. Um, so I don't know exactly what the circumstances. How, like, did he throw the ball or anything? Or did it just like, was it just like two plays? And they're like, okay, Darnold's in kind of thing. I didn't even see it. I think it was more like a, they gave him like a couple snaps and then rightfully I think they were like, okay, like I, I, my guess is it was probably like a, how much are we going for like McCaffrey to get this touchdown? Right. And then they kind of realized, okay, look, we don't need everyone out there for him <laughs> to get the touchdown. So let's, um, let's be smart. My thing was when I saw Trent Williams wasn't out there, I was like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not, let's not put Brock Purdy out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's uh it you know i was again i was kind of following along and it's like oh elijah mitchell seems to be doing the job and so I, so i was like let's let's get let's let mitchell get it down really close and then get mccaffrey the ball which is exactly what happened uh, in the game although i believe mccaffrey had to help himself a little bit on when they went for it on fourth down and he ran the ball for 16 yards on fourth and one or whatever, which was hilarious. Um, but you know, they, they, they tried, um, uh, to, to get it going. But of course, um, all this happening under like maybe the most hilarious, uh, fourth quarter situation, all because the 49ers were already winning by a lot of points at that particular point. Um, they had just scored at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, I did see that. That. So actually, I saw some of the fourth quarter. The Kyle Yusek touchdown, and then after that, they were like, "All right, game's over." Um, and I just beat the Jaguars four to three. Um, I must now acknowledge uh, in front of our entire podcast audience that Akshaz, you were you were right about the outcome of this game, and I was wrong. Well, I mean, we were both kind of right, but you were more right than me. So good good for you to for predicting a, a blowout. I don't. You didn't say quite to this extent, but still, I think you you predicted uh, the blowout. And so kudos to you. Good, sir. Uh, well, I will always take, you know, praise Oh, without question. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think. I think the sentiment I was going for was this was going to be a game. The Niners kind of like flex their muscles a little bit and show that they were back to being who they were. 
And the reality is, like, Jacksonville is not a bad team. But if you have to delineate, like, the NFL right now, the Niners are, if they play like this, they might be the best team in the NFL. But even, like, at this, like, level of play, they're definitely in that top tier, like, bona fide Super Bowl contenders. If they host the Lombardi Trophy, you're not surprised. Jacksonville's in a tier below them, right? So this type of game is certainly possible because I just thought this was a chance for the 49ers to kind of like show that they can be the class of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that, that, that was a reasonable take, but I, but I also, I, I will continue to contend that, that my, my line of thinking given the last, the previous three games was not completely outside of the realm of possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we're back on it, right? The role, the role continues. Um, as we head into um, the last several weeks of the of the, of the season, and you got to hope they can they can stay hot and and stay fresh as 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 they start to get the team back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there was certainly a lot of good things to come out of this game. I I, I don't know. Um, this will be a really interesting conversation um, when we get to the the things that we didn't really like about this game. I think we're we're back into like beginning of the season when we were like well we're just nitpicking but they didn't really do this thing so that'll be a really interesting part of the conversation but um obviously the Niners played really well um didn't didn't get off like to the the fastest start um you know they were up you know 10 to nothing at the start of the game um through the first quarter and it was only 13 to 3 at halftime and you're kind of thinking okay um I think I I tweeted something and maybe said it in our in our Niner Noise Slack channel as well. It's like they they really need to like the Niners need to put the the pedal to the metal at the beginning of this first the drive to start the third quarter. And boy, howdy, did they ever. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's the team. This is the version of the team, as you kind of already alluded to, that is is it's capable of beating really anybody in the NFL. And I think that's that's what we've we've seen. Um it's really you, you just got to hope that this is the version of the team that's going to show up for the rest of the season because they've got some contests against some teams that are going to push them maybe a little bit more than um, this Jacksonville team um, did. I, I I think the the one thing that surprised me the most because the thing that we talked about uh, extensively was whether or not the 49ers are going to be able to, to to run the ball against this Jacksonville team. Um, and and sort of the, the opposite side of that is whether or not Jacksonville would be able to kind of do what they wanted on the ground and um, I don't know if it was like a game script type of situation where Jacksonville was already down by multiple scores so early that they kind of had to abandon the run, but they only ran the ball 17 times for 59 yards. The Niners, on the other hand, ran the ball 30 times for 144 yards uh, in a touchdown that coming from Debo Samuel and this against a team that was that was really quite stout against the run coming into the game. I mean, we talked about they were one of the best run defenses in the NFL and yet. They um they they kind of the two things that they had been doing throughout the year that has allowed them that allowed them to be successful, which is create turnovers and keep the other team off the scoreboard, were two things that they could not do, and therefore they found themselves in a hole really early, and they were never able to recover. I mean, yeah, right. I definitely think it was more like a way the game played out for Jacksonville that kind of led to them not being able to run the ball initially. And then I think the thing with the 49ers is, and this is a good thing and a bad thing. I certainly think we've discussed this multiple times on the podcast and the losing streak in particular. This is a very rhythm team. And what I mean by that is like when things are working, initially work, 
they feed off that and they like go 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 like and when something messes up like you think about the drive against the Steelers or basically the entire Bengals or Vikings game when the defense kind of like stumbles or falters a little bit they take a while to readjust to that but I think against Jacksonville they just set the tone really fast and by the time the Jags were able to kind of catch up to that the defense was kind of feeling itself so it really allowed them to get a handle on the run game they were just like very stout on the defensive line I think that meant a lot still a couple missed tackles we'll get more into that as we talk about the things we liked and didn't like but I think they were able to assert themselves very quickly and that just that's 49ers football right like it's kind of it's you can we can quibble about like them being a team that needs to have the game kind of go this way in order to win and them not being able to win in a lot of different ways. And that's all well and good. I do think that's a discussion to be had. But the reality is, like, if this football team is good enough to make any team in the NFL play by their rules. And if they get a team like that, it's very hard to beat them. I mean, last year was proof that once they, like, play their game, they're almost unstoppable. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that that uh, we were noting um, in our Slack channel was during the the beginning part of the game. Was, I, I think I said something to the extent of we've got they had what two three and outs in a row, and they had something like negative two yards or something like that in their first two drives. Jacksonville did, and I was like, okay, they've like once they established that. Sorry, it was negative six yards. My bad. Uh, <laughs> one like the Niners. Once the Niners defense sort of established itself, it's like we we have we have not been playing up to our standards and we recognize that and they're going and they were going out there and they looked like the team that, that was flying around the ball and that we were, that we were so impressed with, uh, you know, against Dallas and in those games as well. And and they just never let Jacksonville get a foot into it. Um, you know, a couple of, of three punts in the first three drives and then a fumble. And then Jacksonville got their first and only points of the game, uh, about five minutes into the the first the second quarter and and that was it and that that was really the one drive that they even looked even remotely impressive they, it was a 14 play 80 yard drive that led to a field goal which probably tells you all you need to know about about how things were going for Jacksonville like normally you gain 80 yards you're gonna get a touchdown but that was not not so great and then they had the one the other um, drive in the third quarter um, that led to the Amory Thomas fumble uh, force fumble and fumble recovery. And maybe the most like bizarre play I've ever seen <laughs> happen in a football game before. I mean, they were moving the ball there. They had eight plays, 78 yards before the fumble happened. Um, but again, other than that, um, it was two interceptions, another fumble, and uh, five punts. So nothing, nothing really going for Jacksonville. So you like to see it um, for sure, and we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, and hopefully, this team can can take a take it as an opportunity to to move forward. Um, I, I'm trying to I think the the only major injury news um, outside of the fact that everybody that was kind of questionable coming into the game came out unscathed. Trent Williams still good to go. I don't know that he was probably at 100 um, <laughs> percent on this particular day, although I will say um, that uh, let's see, I'm trying to find 
um the the fellow is <laughs> the 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 defensive back for the oh, Darius Williams <laughs> number yep. 31 uh for the Jaguars who had absolutely zero interest in getting involved in anything that Trent Williams had had anything to do with there were multiple <laughs> uh multiple uh shots of him turning and, and and running the other direction he's like that guy's coming for me i'm gonna go that way um which you know business decision I, I i get it uh trent williams is a much bigger man than me and if he were running at me under the circumstances i'd probably be like okay i gotta go um <laughs> my favorite part was that trent williams is like i never seen that before <laughs> uh that's funny um but yeah i think uh trent williams will only continue to hopefully get healthier um Debo samuel um didn't didn't impact the game a ton in terms of like touches and yards and stuff, but it's pretty clear that he was uh, a missed part of this team. Um, but I believe Colt McKivitz is the only, uh, the only player that, that kind of came in on the, on the back end of, of the game. Um, I, I think there was an ankle. He got, he got rolled under, I think uh, Shanahan mentioned um, at one point in the game. So an ankle and a knee, he's a day-to-day type of situation. So it could be something to watch um, in that regard. Um, but I think for the most part, everybody else is good to go, which is what you like to to hear at this point um, in the year, especially heading into this really important stretch of games over the next several weeks. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> let's 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 talk about all the good things that happened. I think that we could, could probably talk about the good end of this one. So, Akshaz, I'll uh, kick it to you to talk about uh, thing or things you liked. Well, I you can't give me that much leeway. I'll talk about the entire game, basically. But <laughs> I'm going to talk about the 49ers pass rush because I think that's the huge story. There are a trillion things that I could say were awesome about like how this defense played. But the 49ers got five sacks. They had, like, sorry, I'm just, like, summing these up as as <laughs> I speak, but like nine, roughly eight to 10 quarterback hits, like constant pressure. Trevor Lawrence was never very comfortable. I think there were a couple like small scrambles he had too that are functionally sacks, but like he gets a yard off of them. But they weren't just like sacks, right? They were like important game-changing like pressures and sacks. I mean, we can think about Nick Bosa's pressure that caused Lawrence to throw an interception. He also had the strip sack on on Lawrence that he combined with Chase Young with. Javon Hargrave had a couple, had a big, like, third down sack. I mean, this is just the whole thing is that they got sacks when they mattered the most, and they just threw the entire Jacksonville offense off. And that's what this pass rush can do. That's what it did in 2019. That's what Nick Bosa essentially did by himself last year. And that's, like, that's how this defense wins. It's because... When you are playing this well as like as a defensive line, the quarterback doesn't have the luxury of getting to his third option in the progression because boom, you know, Bosa or Young or Armstead or Hargrave or Clarence Flarrell or Javon Kinlaw, like someone's gonna be there. And that's the whole thing that like makes this defense go. So that was really encouraging. Um and then the other thing I'd mention, because I think, you know, we were both saying that like the offense needed to score more points. Like, this was absolutely true, without question. But the offense didn't seem like it was, like, missing something. It just felt like it was, like, mis-executing or bad play here or there. But the defense felt like 
something was off, right? Like something was fundamentally wrong with how they were playing. But lots of pressures. And then forced turnovers, I think, are a huge sign that the 49ers defense is playing well. Because turnovers can be somewhat lucky. But I think for the 49ers, turnovers mean that they're, like, getting after the ball. I mean, you can think about Ambry Thomas's forced fumble on Christian Kirk. Completely lucky play. Like, let's not beat around the bush, right? That's not something you can tell Thomas to, like, hey, do that next week. Right? And he's just going to pull that out again. But it's that type of pursuit and type of effort that, like, that's how good teams win games is that you create these chances and you allow other teams to make mistakes. The 49ers defense wasn't really in a position to allow other teams to make mistakes these last three weeks. But this week, they um, they came to play. I mean, they held Jacksonville to no touchdowns, which is an insane thing that I don't think this – correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think this defense maybe against the Giants. But I think this might be either the first or second time this year that the 49ers have, have held a team to no touchdowns, which is quite a feat against a team that was 6-2 and two heading into this game and still is on top of the AFC South, still a contender for the one seed in the AFC by all extents, a very, very good team. I mean, the 49ers really, they really dominated on the defensive side. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's 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 all really well said. Um and and definitely things I agree with. I'm checking the uh the Giants game really quickly. Uh Graham Gano, Graham Gano. No, Matt Breida scored a touchdown in that game. So th- I think this is the first time that they've not allowed a touchdown uh on the season. So um good stuff. Um I one hundred percent agree with pretty much everything that you said. I thought this was Javon Hargrave's best game as a 49er. Um I mean you look Sack and a half, good stuff, you know, was creating tackles. But he was just he was just messing up the middle of the, of the defense, which, you know, the middle of the offensive line, which is exactly why they brought him here. Right. Is to to mess up that 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 defense and, and just kind of do, um, you know, wreck havoc in there and 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 take up blocks and, and allow players like Bosa and, and Armstead and whoever it is that they had at the beginning of the year. Now it's Chase Young at, at the other side um, to 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 cook. And he. He got on the on the the stat sheet this week, but if he continues to play like that, even if the sacks aren't coming, uh, I, I think that that's and he's going to have the opportunity because they're going to have to pay so much attention to Bosa and Chase Young that it's just it's going to be insane. Um, I thought Ambry Thomas, this might have been this is probably his best game of the season. Not only the the fumble recovery, but also just generally staying sticky in coverage and not allowing too much to get behind him. I I, I think that everybody believes that he's got the ability to do what they're what they need him to do and obviously uh they made the pretty obvious change to go uh and go back to what they were doing at the beginning of the season where they're sliding Ambry Thomas in in nickel situations and sliding uh Lenore inside um and it's it's worked off and on I think this is probably the best version of that experiment so far and we'll see how that plays out um I think there's still a case to be made that the Niners could use a, a, a more of a lockdown corner opposite Charvarius Ward. But at this point, that's not happening. So they're going to have to make do with what they can. And frankly, if the, the defensive line keeps getting this kind of pass rush, then they're going to be in really good shape. Um, <laughs> and, and the I, you know, I think that the secondary did its job. There were a couple of situations where the, the pass rush wasn't getting there as quickly as it needed to. But Trevor Lawrence was clearly uncomfortable and the 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 
the defensive backfield was doing its job well enough that he was not able to to release the ball when he wanted. And so a couple of those sacks where, uh, you know, he's holding on the ball for too long and he's got to do something with it. Well, he can't. And then he gets sacked. Um, so that's that's really interesting to note. Um, I also wanted to point out a couple of things uh, from the from the scheme point of view. We did see the the NASCAR package that we talked about. Uh, potentially seeing with the with the Chase Young episode, I believe it was um, it was Bosa and Young, and then Randy Gregory was in the inside with Hargrave. If I'm not mistaken, was the way that they ran it. Is that do you do you recall that? I think it was just once, um, but I noticed it immediately, and I was like, oh, that's that's something to do with. But Akshay's my favorite, <laughs> my absolute favorite was the. Bosa Chase Young turning into stand-up defensive tackles on the the A gap, and the the Jags just having absolutely no idea what to do with that. Um, that I mean, if 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 Chase Young does nothing more than to to like awaken Steve Wilkes, the the man prowling the sideline, um, I can I'm gonna ask you about that in a second too. Uh, then I think that 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 will be an utterly utterly fantastic thing, um, for sure. Um, and then, and then the last thing that that I wanted to note was that I think I think Brock Purdy made the best throw of his career so far on that touchdown pass to George Kittle. Um, given the circumstances of the fact that he was about to get obliterated, he couldn't step into the pass. He actually didn't even really complete the throw. His his arm got stopped before it it went on a full follow through, and Kittle just was it was just he was in the right place and. Than like the slowest touchdown walk of all time, which was a little bit hilarious, but also George just just get me in zone and score, dude. Um, but yeah, all, all all good things from me. So any any thoughts on any of that? I think so. The Purdy throw, phenomenal, right? Like that's one of those throws that it's one of those throws that I feel like doesn't seem like such a big deal until you like think about it more and more, and you just realize that whoa, that's like that's not a throw that happens like very often. I mean, not to compare Brock Purdy, but to compare Brock Purdy to the former quarterback prowling, prowling sidelines for the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not a throw Garoppolo really gets off. Like that's definitely going over under. That's not to say Purdy's like always accurate, but that's a big time throw that completely changes the game right there. So that's huge. Um, I Chase Young kind of like he did everything that I thought he would do for this defense, but he did it immediately, which just means if you think about him getting more like attuned to the playbook and to the speed of the 49ers defense and what that might mean, it's going to be super exciting because this, I mean, he was, he got more attention than Nick Bosa, which is Mm -hmm. insane. And I mean, that's just like, that's the solution to every like, question you'll get asked as a defense is like hey they're triple teaming like bosa well now you're like oh chase young might just have like four sacks because what are you like what are you gonna do i mean it was a the defense really came to play i was very very excited about about the way the defensive line looked and i think to maybe answer a question that you haven't asked yet (laughs) or about to ask yeah yeah go for it steve wilkes and him coming onto the sideline. Do I think it mattered? No. Like, I think we had this discussion already. Is This was more like a, hey, like, you got to change something because we need something to change. And 
I'm not going to like tell you how to do your job. So I'm just going to like ask you to do this one thing and see if it changes something. I think in my opinion, I think it's better for coaches to be able to like talk to their players. I have no basis for this, but that just like makes sense to me. It's like, if you want to like tell someone to do something different, like you can tell them in person, they'll probably be faster. So like that makes sense to me. And I do think like he definitely probably got a better feel for the game, just being down there and more probably probably a better feel for his players. But I do think Chase, if Chase Young, like you said, if Chase Young is the reason that Steve Wilkes realizes like, hey, I can do some crazy stuff because I got some really good defenders here. I mean, I'm all for it because look, Jacksonville is, it's so weird because Jacksonville had a better record than the 49ers and is a very good team that will be in the playoffs most likely and may go particularly far in the playoffs. But they're not really stressful the same way like Baltimore might be stressful as <laughs> right. often. Or like you look ahead, Kansas City or Miami, like even Cincinnati and the way Cincinnati yeah. played, like they're not at that level. And those teams, like this defense, like we can hope that this defense is so good as is that like they'll just take care of everything. But you got to have some wrinkles for those teams. And if this was the game where Wilkes realized I can play around with stuff because I got the talent to like take care of things and I'm all for it. Like defensive coordinators being creative and like utilizing the talent the 49ers have is only going to make this entire operation better. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yeah yeah 100 um i think the other thing of note is not one not one single 49ers defender played every uh played 100 of the defensive snaps um according to pro football reference uh, Fred Warner, Traverius Ward, Sean Gibson were the closest. They played 95, 54 of the 57 uh, snaps. Um, Hufanga and Diamador Lenore were right behind them. But from a defensive lineman's uh, point of view, nobody played more than 65% of the snaps, which was Bosa and Hargrave together. Chase Young actually played in 61% of the snaps, 35 out of 57. In his debut, Eric Armstead, 60%. Ken Law, 42. Farrell. 39 Givens also 39 just uh 37 for Randy Gregory and um that was pretty much it that was the whole so they went what was that how many one two six seven eight eight defend defensive linemen deep which is you know pretty good um good deal 
to to be able to run those those guys out there i think for sure um all right so lots of praise we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this because again we're going i think we're going back into the the early days of the the season we were like okay well you know we have let's 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 focus on something because they're not perfect so what could they have done better akshas well so i will say i do actually think there is like a pretty big negative from this game that kind of gets masked by how well the defense played overall. And this is kind of, this is the weird balancing point with this team, right? Is that when the pass rush is as good as it is, it doesn't really matter how the secondary plays, but I didn't think the secondary had a phenomenal game. Like Ambry Thomas played pretty well, but big pass interference call against him. Mooney Ward continues to be way too handsy. I, some of these calls might be a little ticky tack, but like he's getting flagged way too much. And Diamondo Lenore, who I think we both think is a better option at nickel corner than Isaiah Oliver, I think allowed like 106 yards on seven receptions to Christian Kirk. So, you know, it wasn't perfect. And you get to better offenses. That's kind of the same issue that can come up again. The issue is I don't really know what the solution is, and I don't think there is one other than, like, players just, like, playing better. So this is one of those situations where they're just going to have to, like, kind of grow as the season goes along, and the pass rush is going to have to, like, cover up a lot for the secondary. But secondary play, not great. And then, obviously, the huge, unforgivable issue <laughs> of the game. Christian McCaffrey not scoring a touchdown. Yeah, what's up simply, with that? Simply, simply unacceptable. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he as, said. <laughs> as he said. <laughs> Christian, you don't suck, man. You're you're pretty good. It's all Uzcheck's fault for not taking a knee at the one. He got he just fell into the end zone. He couldn't have done anything about that. I'm just kidding. You did a great juice. <laughs> Yeah, that is a real shame um, because that's such a cool like record to have scored in that. It, it had been over almost a year in actual time since he had gone a game without scoring a, a single touchdown, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, I thought that was that was disappointing. But kudos to the to the Niners to for trying at the end of the game be like, we know this is rubbing it in a little bit, but, you know, we're going to try to make it happen anyway. So I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. And and. And I'm right there with you. I think the secondary still has things that it can improve upon. I did think a couple of the, I don't know, just overall, it was kind of weird to me, like the way that the game was being called. And if it had been a closer game, it would have been a bigger issue, I think, um, as far as like the way they were letting the the each secondary kind of play. Um, and, and and you say there's there's not really anything. We, we're still going to find out whether or not Sam Womack is going to be a part of the secondary uh, whether or not Darnell Luter is going to be part of the secondary before the season is over. So we'll see how that how that goes. Um, we know for sure that that Womack could probably make a difference here, um, which might explain why Isaiah Oliver is not really kind of factoring into things anymore. Maybe the they're dreaming of a, or looking forward to a future where he's not really going to have to factor in anymore. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that's definitely a, a contract that it feels like they're going to want back <laughs> pretty soon. But um for me, the only thing that I was like, you know, a little frustrating, and we we had this conversation during the first couple of weeks of the season, is is it feels like there was some meat on the bones offensively, not just because they pulled their starters, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter or whatever, um, offensively, but also their first two turnovers led to punts, 
Um, so the first fumble uh, that Chase Young and uh, and Bosa forced led to a punt. Uh, the first interception leads to a punt. They did score touchdowns off of the last two touchdowns uh, after almost giving away a touchdown because the uh, players and <clears throat> head coach on the sideline uh, got a little too excited about the Ambry Thomas uh, fumble recovery. Uh, but they did score two touchdowns on the final two t- uh, turnovers, the Fred Warner interception and that fumble recovery. But, you know, you'd like to see four turnovers, four scores off of turnovers, even, even if it's like 10 more points or six more points or whatever. You'd like to see them get points every time that they turn the ball over. So that was that was a little disappointing. But, you know, meat on the bones, uh, something that if the game's closer, you would certainly be like, OK, that was an opportunity that you missed. So something to, to watch out for for the rest of the year, for sure. No, absolutely. Like that, honestly, like the secondary thing, probably like an issue, but not much they can do other than like Womack, as you said. But the this like offense is really bad at taking advantage of turnovers. And I think it's a huge issue because up until like that Kittle touchdown, this game felt like I'm saying I'm going to say classic 49ers game as if this is like means like something but to me anyway it's actually a very familiar script of first half they're playing perfectly on defense and the offense just can't seem to get like that final score that makes this a difficult game to come back from and then second half comes and then boom the defense lets up a little bit and now we're in a close game and what it was was that jimmy garoppolo will have to like (laughs) <laughs> lead a game-winning drive down the field because that's kind of that was kind of the tenor of like some of these games but you know a good team like they won 34-3 so they did eventually find that second gear but this game could have been over over by halftime and that yeah. off the offense was just really struggling to keep the momentum going and that happens sometimes I think the broadcast even mentioned you know Sometimes the 49ers offense will enter a bit of a lull. That does happen. And I think it's on them to be able to like really be consistent for an entire game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, the, the drive after the first Trevor, the Trevor Lawrence fumble, um, they were on their own 49 yard line to start the drive. Um, Diva Samuel ran the ball for four yards um, incompletion to use check, uh, incompletion to Debo, but there was a penalty on Trent Williams and then it's third and 16 and they have an incomplete pass that leads to a punt. Um, and then the thing that you said almost happened, the Jags got the ball back. That was Miss like best punt of the day where it went down to the one yard line. And then the Jags had that long drive that lasted forever and led to three points. And so that's a situation where you would you're I, I don't know about you, but I was starting to be like, oh, gosh, are they going to march down the field and make this a three point game before halftime? Unfortunately, the defense held up at the end and kind of held them once the once they got to the inside the red zone, uh, the, the defense held strong um, once they got it to the 19 to the 49ers, 19. The Jags ran uh, with Et- Etienne up the middle for nothing. And in sorry. Uh, they got it inside to the 25. They had a six yard pass Etienne up the middle for nothing from the 19 and then, a um, incompletion, uh, by, uh, to Christian Kirk in the end zone. And then they had to kick the field goal from the 19. So, um, and then of course the Niners turn around and scored, uh, kind of answered their own field goal there. 
to kind of even those things out so it all worked out in the end um on the Hufanga interception it was the same kind of thing they have it at their own 43 yard line McCaffrey up the middle for one yard incomplete or complete pass to Debo for six yards and then Purdy gets sacked at midfield and they have to punt <laughs> and so that was kind of the end of it so as you're right and that was the kind of thing that, that jumped out at me it's like they do this from time to time fortunately they took they had four of them so they were 50 percent um <laughs> on turning touchdowns or turning uh you know or uh, turnovers into into points but you'd like to see them get because you know you get you get 10 more points out of that you get six more points and suddenly it's it looks even even better <laughs> from a from a scoring perspective and no, mostly I think the bigger thing is like just ig- trying to avoid those lulls offensively where you don't score points for a long time, where you allow the other team to kind of hang around a little bit longer because we've seen this, like you've said, in other situations where they've let teams that they shouldn't be letting hang around, hang around, and then the games end up being closer. This didn't turn out to be that way, but that's happened so many times that you're just kind of like, here we go again. <laughs> and but fortunately it didn't happen this time because they scored at the end of the half, and then they scored immediately at the beginning of the, the next half, and then it was off to the races. So it worked out, but something to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, like, we nitpick this just because, like, we kind of can. <laughs> you know, we have, two, we have two segments for a reason, but I think, you know, like I said before, like we both said before, this like three game losing streak. The whole point of this regular season is get to the playoffs and play your best game in the playoffs. It's all about learning how to win in different ways and like taking advantage of situations. And I think that's kind of where the issue has been for this team at times is why they have to find a way to really like finish a team off and they're getting better at it, but you know, keep on growing, keep on getting better at it because you don't want, I mean, we're all, I think anyone who's listening to us is sufficiently traumatized by the 20, <laughs> the, by the Super Bowl. So yeah. we all know what happens when you, um, when you don't take advantage of a turnover with a 10 point lead, bad things can yep. happen. Yeah. And then the Ford and then the world falls apart after that, literally. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when the 49ers lose a Super Bowl, the whole world explodes anyway um <laughs> now nah, i'm just kidding but um anyway so yeah i mean i think uh, it's it's good uh, to be talking about a win again it's good to have positive things to say um it you know it's it's just good to to be back on the on the on the the winning side of things and hopefully with um they have the tampa bay on sunday and then comes the the gauntlet stretch that we have kind of been circling on the schedule pretty much for the entirety of the of the year, right? It's that that Seattle Philadelphia Seattle sandwich. Um, but you got to get by Tampa first, and hopefully that will be. It's it's come full circle for Brock Purdy, who made his first start of his NFL career against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, and will now make what will technically be the first start of his set because he's now played 17 regular season games, so he's played a full year. So this is the start of year two for Brock Purdy, also against the Tampa Bay Bucks coming up on Sunday. So I like the the symmetry of that. I don't know about you, but um, <laughs> all right. Well, Oksha, has any uh, final thoughts about this one before we uh, send it off into the world and uh, and let these people enjoy something else? Just, you know, it. I think we're all human enough to realize, like, wins are fun. Like, this is a lot of fun, so... 
just enjoy it because I mean, as we all learn, they're not guaranteed, but this was a great win. I mean, it's a great feeling to have the 49ers be back on top, which kind of showed the NFL how good they really are. So agreed. Good stuff. All right. Well, (laughs) indeed. Um, And so we'll be back with you later in this week, uh, later in the week to talk about uh, the Buccaneers game, which is coming up on Sunday in Santa Clara. Um, Last 49ers home game for a couple of weeks. They don't they don't return after this game until the the second leg of the of the Seattle uh, twofer um, in, you know, December. So this will be good to 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 get that game. So hopefully we'll be looking forward to talking about that later in the week. But until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the fan sided podcast network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. (laughs) 